Welcome to a new episode of AI Chats, a podcast series produced by the law firm of Haynes and Boone and lawyers from its AI and deep learning practice group to explore the exciting, ever-evolving, and occasionally controversial world of artificial intelligence. My name is Eugene Goryanov. I'm a partner in the Chicago office of the firm, and I'm joined by two of my colleagues, Jason Bloom from our Dallas office and Dina Blickstein from our New York office. Today, for our latest episode, we are going to talk about effects of AI technologies on copyrights. In light of advances in generative AI technologies and their rapidly growing uses by companies, individuals, and businesses, uh, the Copyright Office has recently requested from Congress, public, and AI creators and users to examine the issue posed by generative AI for getting copyrights. Additionally, the AI-generated content can also infringe copyrights of other authors and creators. What are the remedies here? But before we get started and dive into this topic, our standard disclaimer. This podcast is for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be legal advice and does not establish an attorney-client relationship. The topics we discuss are subject to change. Legal advice of any nature should be sought from your legal counsel. Let's get started with our conversation. Dina, what copyright issues are caused by generative AI? So there are a lot of um, AI copyrighted issues, right? Some of those issues are whether AI-generated content can be copyrighted, right? On the other hand, if AI creates content that is copyrighted by somebody else, who can be sued for copyright infringement? Also, if you have an AI model that is trained on copyrighted content of other authors, can there be a suit for copyright infringement and against who? But before we delve into those discussions, let's uh, talk about what generative AI is and also what it does. Right? I'm sure you heard of various AI generative models, such as ChatGPT, BARD, Midjourney and Delhi. And these models can create different types of content, right? They can write stories, they can write poetry, songs, plays, source code, or coding. They can also paint. So the question becomes is this AI generated content copyrightable? Uh, the general consensus now seems to be that it cannot be. And I want to point out that this appears to be an opposite of AI inventorship and patents, where these models can be framed as tools, right? And the output of those models can be, can be patented when a person provides input into the models. With, uh, with copyright, it's different. A person can provide input or ask a question. Uh, for example, can someone compose a poem of Eugene and his new microphone? And uh, ChatGPT would compose that poem, but the person who posed the question to the model cannot be deemed to be an author. So in a nutshell, if uh, a person poses a question, or request uh, an AI model to uh, to draw a painting of uh, you know the, a green dragon. Uh, that person is not considered to be an author. 
All right. Well, what about AI-generated content that has a human contributor? Jason, you want to take us there? Yeah, and it's it's a bit of an unknown at this point um, how that's going to come out. So, and, and part of the reason is because a lot of this has not yet been tested. Uh, so, as Dina mentioned, AI can generate content in a lot of different ways, and humans can contribute to that. Uh, in several different ways. So um, let's take the example of somebody uh, feeding information into a generative AI system uh, and then having that system produce output. Uh, And an example that came from the Copyright Office not too long ago where they denied, in part, a copyright application uh, for a, um, a comic book that someone had created called Zarya of the Dawn. And in that context, the author of the comic book uh, fed words to an AI system to help create the graphics. She didn't contribute to the graphics at all, but told the AI system what she wanted the graphics to look like, and the AI system generated it. Then she took the graphical output, and she selected the arrangement of the graphics for her comic book, and then she wrote all the text. Uh, So what the Copyright Office said in that context was that she could be the owner of a copyright to the text uh, that she wrote, uh, and she could be the owner of the copyright to the selection and the arrangement of the graphics, because even though she didn't create the graphics, uh, the AI system did, she chose which order they would be in and how they would be used in the comic book. So she would own that. But the Copyright Office said she would not own a copyright to the graphics themselves because they were not created by a human Rather, they were created by the AI system. Um, Now, it's arguable whether they were created by a human or not, because she is the one who gave the AI system the inputs and decided what she wanted the graphics to look like, uh, at least within certain parameters, uh, which is often what happens in the real world or the non-AI world, I should say, um, when somebody goes to a graphic designer and says, this is what I want you to create, and then you're going to assign the copyright to me. Uh, So why should AI be... Uh, treated differently when you ask an AI system to create something? Uh, And the answer isn't entirely clear, but what the Copyright Office said is that if the AI system creates the output, uh, we're not going to grant a registration. Uh, But I would like to say that's really just the opinion of the Copyright Office at this stage. And and we're really in the very early stages of this generative AI. Uh, It really hasn't been tested in the courts, and the courts can and, and sometimes do disagree with the Copyright Office. Uh, and, and the legislature hasn't done anything about it either. So, you know, it's possible that, um, you know, there could be legislation that, that more thoroughly address uh, copyright issues as they apply to generative AI. But as of now, we have an opinion from the Copyright Office that says if, if AI creates it, even with human inputs, uh, then we're not going to grant a registration or consider it to be copyrightable. That's kind of of where we are, but I I just would caution that that's not necessarily the final word on the matter. Uh, Sometimes people will see that the Copyright Office has issued an opinion on a new issue and they assume that's that's the forever law. But um, I think this is such uncharted territory um, with so many moving parts that, that I think there's probably more to come from various bodies. Well, sounds like it's an ever-evolving area, but how do you even know if something was created by an artificial intelligence? Dina, you want to get us there? Well, I think a part of it is just um, an honor system, right? When a person's applying for a copyright, 
right? And say it's an AI content with a human contribution on top of the AI content, right? It may be an honor system to tell the copyright office whether some portions were created by AI generative models and other portions were created by a human. But if the honor system doesn't work, um, the AI model can actually be programmed to insert watermarks into its content, right? Whether its content is images, but some sort of uh, watermarks can also be inserted into source code, poetries, and stories, right? And the watermarks can be encrypted, right? It can be certain symbols that a human may or may not see. However, what if, when the, the work or the content can be put through another AI model, the model can tell you whether this content was AI created or not. So I could see the creators of these AI models um, inserting watermarks into the AI-generated content. So uh, further down the road, someone else can figure out whether this content has been created by AI or not. Yeah, and Dina, I would add that that the current system is not not really any different from what authors are required to do when registering copyrights uh, for other works that create or contain contributions of others. So if you're trying to register a copyright for a novel and you're including pictures that weren't taken by you and belong to somebody else, you have to disclose that to the copyright office. And the same is now the case with AI-generated works. What happened in the case of the, the Zarya of the Dawn a comic book was that the author did not disclose to the copyright office that the graphics were created by AI. All right. Well, so here's my question. We've had all this discussion about AI and human contributors. Who can actually be considered an author of generative AI? Uh, Jason, let's start. Yeah. So right now, nobody, um, at least according to the copyright office, there if it's created by generative AI, then there's not going to be a copyright. So there is no no author. Um, now, th- again, others may may disagree. And at some point, this may be construed more to be a work made for hire type scenario, uh, in which case the person who uh, paid for and commissioned the work would, would be considered the author. Um, it's It's possible that it could be ultimately determine that, um, you know, whoever created the AI system could, could be the author. That might be a matter of, of contract when you, you agree to use the AI system. But, but as of now, for copyright purposes, there, there really is no author because there's no copyrightable work. Right. And, and that's the case unless um, AI generate, generates a piece of work and then you have a human author who adds their contribution on top of that work. Right, so if AI generates a painting, you can have an author who somehow modifies the painting or the color of the painting. And in that scenario, that work can be copyrighted. But, but again, um, the Copyright Office requested um, for the human author to designate portions that are created by AI and then the portions that were, human, that were authored by a human. Another scenario is, well, what about the owner 
or creator of AI? Like, could that be an author? Right? And if you look at a lot of generative models, um, a lot of companies, such as OpenAI, what they're actually doing, uh, they don't want to be authors or creators. So they're assigning all the content that's generated by the models to the human who put in the parameters into the model. So here you have a contractual issue where um, the owner or the creator is actually based on contract law and is buried somewhere in terms of conditions that a person agrees to when that person signs up to use the AI, the, the AI generative model. All right. Well, that's a very fascinating discussion between ownership and creatorship. But what happens when AI generates content that is copyrighted by someone else? I mean, are we talking about some kind of legal remedies here? Uh, it's it's possible. Um, you know, there are matters pending uh, right now because AI doesn't truly just create original content. AI draws content from uh, its inputs. So whether those inputs are AI scouring the internet, uh, which is the case, I believe, with with ChatGBT and some others, or with people actually feeding um, specific inputs into the AI, which is was the case with uh, an AI program several years ago that was designed to make Rembrandt-style paintings, and it, it got its input from being fed Rembrandts. Now, those would be in the public domain, but to the extent modern AI is is relying on other copyrighted works to uh, create works, then yes, there could be liability there. Uh, a lot of it depends on what works are relied upon and what the ultimate output is. Um, but if it's a close enough copy to something that that is copyrighted, then there could be copyright infringement. But even if it's not that close of a copy, uh, you have potential copyright liability just based on the copying itself. So feeding input into the AI system uh, is a form of copying. Um, and also you've got uh, the derivative work analysis. So is AI creating, even if not an exact copy, a derivative work of something that uh, is somebody else's copyrightable content? Uh, so in that scenario, you you do have potential liability um, and and. I can discuss in a moment some cases that are, are pending out there. Well, you just opened yourself up to that one. What are these cases that you're talking about? Well, the, so the the one that's most well-known right now, and it, it hasn't really gotten terribly far, but it was filed uh, within the past couple of months in England, is a case by Getty Images uh, against one of these generative AI systems, which is uh, was relying upon... Uh, Getty-owned photographs uh, to create AI images. And, and Getty is naturally saying, you're infringing our copyrights by A, copying our photographs for purposes of feeding your AI system, and B, uh, through the content that that it's putting out. So that case has not yet been decided. I think there will be many more like it, including in the US, uh, under US law, uh, as, as AI grows. But uh, it really does seem to be a hotbed for litigation. And and I presume that uh, as often happens with new technologies, uh, many courts will come out with varying results and it will probably ultimately have to be uh, sorted out by Congress or the Supreme Court. Do you know any other cases come to mind? There's a number of, of cases going on. Um, Anderson versus Stability AI being one of them. And I think that's the same defendant as in the Getty case. 
But uh, this case essentially has to do with an AI model that is being trained on training data. Right? And this training data is uh, billions of billions of copyrighted images that Stability AI used to train their model but also sell it to two other companies who use those models, uh, Midjourney and Deviant, Deviant Art AI. Right. So what's happening here, you have um, Stability AI who took these images, put them through the model. The images were copyrighted by other authors. Right? And the model essentially starts to generate AI content that's very close to the images created by those um, authors. Right? So um, Anderson, who is, being one, who is one of the authors, uh, decided to initiate a class action suit uh, to sue Stability AI for copyright infringement. But again, this case is uh, it's still ongoing. It's, uh, it's very early to determine what's going to happen. Uh, one of the defenses that Stability AI is, using, is raising is fair use, that they had a right to use these copyright images to, uh, to train their um, AI model. Right? The authors on the other hand say, well, these were my copyrighted images. I did not get compensated by you using my images to train the model. And therefore, um, it, you're infringing on my copyright. Yeah. And so I would say the, the case that some of this brings to mind is the, the Google Books case, which uh, was decided by the Second Circuit a number of years ago. Uh, and then the Supreme Court denied cert. So at least in the Second Circuit, it's still good law. And I think a lot of AI companies will try to analogize what they're doing to what Google did in that case. And what Google did is they basically uh, took millions and millions of, of copyrighted books from libraries with, with permission of the libraries, but not of the, the authors. Uh, and they made uh, images of those, digital images of those books, uh, and then allowed Google users, researchers to uh, search those images. And, and if you search certain terms, a snippet from the book would come up. And it was really used as a, or is used as a research tool to direct researchers to the proper book um, through use of search terms. Uh, never can you, through, through this platform, obtain an entire copy of a copyrighted book or even an entire page. It's just a little, little snippet. What strikes me as being different about what, what a lot of these AI programs are doing is, one, what they're doing is not purely for research. Um, and by the way, the Google Books case was, was decided on fair use grounds, as, as Dina was just discussing, which means that there was, at the heart of the case, copyright infringement. You only get to fair use if you have infringement in the first place, because fair use is a defense. Um, so that was a fair use case. There was really no dispute that Google was copying things without authorization. Uh, what makes that different from what AI is doing is Google was doing it uh, purely for for academic research purposes and and not for profit, or so so it argued. Um, and I, I think that when you have AI programs that may be doing things for non-academic purposes or for profit or for reasons that you know haven't fully been developed, uh, courts may be a little bit more skeptical. Uh, I would also note that Google Books is just a Second Circuit decision. It's not the 
the law of the land since it was not taken up by the Supreme Court. Um, just because the Supreme Court denied the petition doesn't make it, uh, it's not a stamp of approval necessarily. So other courts could disagree. So uh, AI companies should not rely on Google Books um, as, as just giving them a free pass to copy other works. Now, what's a little different and in, in, I think ways in the AI company's favor perhaps is that uh, that differs from Google Books is that what they tend to be generating is transformative and that it's not an exact copy of the original work. Uh, whereas what Google Books was generating was an exact copy. I mean, it's it's just a copy of the book. So that may weigh in some of these AI companies' favor, but but I think it's it's very unsettled um, and and course could certainly weigh against them on these issues. Now, this is all very fascinating. Uh, do either of you have anything else to add for our listeners? Just that we'll be looking for the developments um, in the copyright law with respect to AI. I mean, right now we're in a very, very early stages, so it'll be interesting to see how the law will develop. Yeah, I would add there's another interesting case before the Supreme Court right now uh, that's the Andy Warhol case that is dealing with with fair issues, uh, fair sorry, fair use issues, uh, and the court could clarify uh, the test for fair use and how it applies to artistic works, including the types of works that are generated by AI. And in that case, did not involve AI; it was purely uh, human action. But it was um, an Andy Warhol painting based on a copyrighted image of Prince. So, you know, depending on how that case comes out, that could kind of lay a path for, um, you know, how AI can generate works without getting in trouble. All right. Well, I really appreciate all of your time today. And thank you to all of our listeners for joining on our episode today as well. You can find this episode as well as future ones on major podcast platforms such as Apple, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Amazon. Our podcasts and relevant articles about artificial intelligence topics are also located at the firm's AI and deep learning practice page, uh, where it can be found at HanesBoone.com. Our practice page also contains contact information for all lawyers in the practice group. Uh, please feel free to reach out if you would like us to consider any topics for future AI Chats episodes. Take care, everyone, and thank you. <laughs>